Welcome to HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. My name is Mike Chisholm. I am your host. I am very excited. I'm always very excited when I do these things. I'm like a broken record when we talk about this, when I when I intro these things. Um, really grateful for everything going on in the He Changed It universe. If you haven't downloaded it yet, download, share, um, and, and come be part of the uh the HeCast world that is rapidly building. Very, very excited to talk to the guests that I always get a chance to uh, to pick the brains of, smarter people than me, people with better experience or more experience, more varied experience. And today we have somebody who I am really excited to pick the brain of. Um, his name is Jeff Goreski. He is a facilitator of men's groups, has been for uh, well over 15 years. And I'm very excited to pick his brain brain um, about what he sees where the, you know, I'm a, I'm a big uh, hockey fan. And, and, and the quote is, you know, don't go where the puck is go where the puck is going. And, and uh, this is going to be a fun conversation because we're going to be able to talk about um, the culture of, of where men have been, where it is now and where we want it to go. And Jeff is a really good measuring stick and, 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 and source for being able to talk about this stuff because of all of all of his experience. So Jeff, thank you so much for taking time out of your day um, to be a part of HeCast today. We're so grateful to have you here. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me, Mike. Oh, no problem at all. No problem at all. So you have facilitated, um, you know, all sorts of different, um, you know, counseling type ventures and things like that, but, but primarily with men uh, for over 15 years now. Yeah, that's correct. I've been involved in a number of uh, groups, uh, either as a participant myself or, or as a facilitator over, yeah, 16 years, I believe it is. Wow. Has it gone by quick? <laughs> In many ways, yes. Um, uh, in some ways, no. I don't know. Time is time is all you know created in the mind, right? So, <laughs> as we get older, I like to say time is slippery. It becomes it becomes different. Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, has uh, before we get into some of the nuances and some of the experiences sure. that you've seen, has facilitating men's groups say 16 years ago, changed very much compared to how it is now? Are the problems the same or are they different? Have, uh, have things evolved? Um, I mean, everything's always evolving, right? I mean, there's no, no generation is the same. Um, you know, every generation of men that it comes into adulthood, um, if you will, uh, there, there's always going to be nuances, right? There's going to be some things that are the same, um, you know, childhood trauma, uh, childhood trauma is childhood trauma, right? Um, mm -hmm. it, it may look different in our childhood. Uh, it may manifest in different ways. Um, so, so you have some of those commonalities, but then there's some of the nuances, I think, um, nowadays um, that come up in the groups uh, more so than before, just that are pertaining more to the younger generations and also how, you know, the, the consciousness of men have grown over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. It, and it has. We have grown in the last 15 to 20 years, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, look, 20 years ago when I was uh, or 15, sorry, 15, 20 years ago, yeah. I don't even know anymore. So, um, yeah. you know, I, when I when I was looking for men's group for myself, going through my own struggles and challenges in life at the time, um, you know, I, I, I had to really search hard, long and hard for, for a men's group out there. Um, so I think what's changed in the last 15 years or so is there's more awareness of men's issues. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, certainly more organizations and institutions are recognizing 
that men too need support. Um, yes. You know that we can't just do it on our own. That men too need uh, an outlet, a safe space to to share, to learn from each other, the collective wisdom of other men, um, and and to to have that safe space to to emote um, and and not feel judged. Yeah, and I, I love the idea that that this is um, there's more available now than there was back then, um, because that's where that's where so many men are, right? They 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 kind of leave it until the last second, and then the last second, it's kind of a crisis. Is that is that what happened to you? Like, did you kind of get into this role because you started uh, as someone who needed this? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I was already on uh, a self-awareness journey uh, on my own, uh, starting as really early on in my, you know, around when I was 19, 20. Uh, I met a few people that just kind of influenced me and got me thinking about the bigger questions in life, right? You're figuring mm-hmm. out who I am and why I'm here and those sort of things. Um, but but certainly, yes, there was one particular instance. In this case, it was uh, a separation uh, through uh, my older son's mother, with my older son's mother uh, that came about. And I was struggling. It was very challenging. Um, you know, I was still what, in my early 30s at the time. Um, and I, 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 I kept saying to myself, there's got to be something out there for men. Like I, I needed somewhere to go to talk to, to vent, to, to work through, you know, my, my guilt, my shame, my fears, you know, my anger, all of that. Um, you know, I didn't want to take it out on, on the people around me. Um, it, I, I'm sure I did. I mean, it's, it's well, a challenge. That's what men do, isn't it? Well, we, we don't know anything different, right? Um, yeah. Until we learn to um, authentically express our, our needs um, and in a clear way, right, without projecting it onto someone else. Like, it's okay to be angry. It's not okay to get angry, right? right. And there's a big difference. Um and so, you know, try so so looking for that support. I was looking out there, looking um, for that support because of my own challenges or struggles through that separation. And I came about uh, the Mankind Project at the time um, yeah. in Victoria. It was uh, where I was living at the time, and I was just so thankful that I connected um, with that organization because, I mean, not only did it open up. Um, you know, uh, an opportunity for me to figure out what was going on in myself, you know, to do my work. It opened me up to a whole community of, of, of men and brothers that I can commune with and share with um, and, and, you know, learn from in that collective wisdom. Because, you know, one thing that men think often is, you know, they, they they don't talk about this stuff, so they think they're all on their own, right? Whereas, you know, I, I mean, now nowadays when I'm in in the group I facilitate with with Connect, um, you know, men come in there the first time and they're just like in in awe at the end of the fact that there's like wow, you know, I didn't know this existed. Like they're if I not only alone. knew this, five, they're not alone exactly. Yeah. And like wow, if I only knew this existed five years ago, I would you know done it sooner. And what I think I'm seeing too in in the in the groups nowadays is that I'm noticing younger and younger men are coming to that realization sooner, which is fantastic because, you know. It's easier to it's easier to work with someone who's younger than 
you know, somebody who's older and has li- all this lived experience um, because, you know, then the issues just get compounded on top of each other, right? And so hopefully the idea is, you know, how can we support younger men in preventing these from happening so they have the awareness and the tools they need to succeed and live a, a successful, you know, happy, um, fulfilled life, right? Well, and it's funny, you bring up a couple things. One of the things you brought up is a, is a um, I would say that in at least 80% of the podcasts that we have done so far, there's two, there's two themes that just kind of seem to keep popping up naturally. You brought up one of them and that's awareness. And, and when we're not aware, um, you know, we just go on that autopilot. I don't know what you want to call it. The just, the, I don't know if it's ego driven or whatever it is, but that, that just subconscious pathways um, that just cause us to act a certain way, but then an awareness right. happens. And when an awareness or an awakening happens, then we're open to the idea of being able to do something different. But until yeah. that awareness happens, um, you know, we're, we're kind of in the dark or in the fog, aren't we? Well, absolutely. I mean, if until we have the awareness, we're, we're being driven from our own uh, unconsciousness, our own ego, right? Yeah. And, you know, until we, we see that we have a choice to make, that we can make a conscious decision, instead of re- react to something, we can respond to something in the present moment, right? Because we have the ability to respond, hence the word responsibility, uh, versus reacting to something, which is just reacting something from our past that our ego is recreating in the present moment. So there's two here that you've already given. Um, and for the, the viewers and the listeners um, already, Jeff has already made his uh, his mark here as a guest. There's two so far. The first one was, it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to get angry. And the other one is what you just said, that uh, the, the, um, it's, it's the reaction uh, or response. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, you know, these little shorthands that you have here, um, you know, those, those little two word or three word, um, uh, you know, things that we can do tools that we can use are extremely powerful for a short sentence or a short phrase. That is a very powerful or profound, uh, difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, and most men don't even realize that, right. Going into these groups is like, they just operate. There's this, this standard mode of operation. They think they, that's the way they're supposed to act because that's the way they were taught to act. Um, uh, either by, by a, you know, a, a poor role model, you know, growing up, um, you know, or like or no role uh, model or, or no role model. Exactly. And, yeah. and oftentimes, you know, the, the anger that men, um, you know, often project and, you know, I, I don't want to say that, you know, not all men are angry. There are certainly some just like not all women are angry or, you know, there's, yeah. you know, there's, there's a, there's a mix of everything out there. Right. But, but oftentimes anger is a secondary emotion. Um, oftentimes anger is, you know, covering up some deep pain, usually rooted in our, you know, early childhood years or whatever. There's some trauma there or something. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, you know, the anger is either covering up, you know, grief or shame, yeah. um, something, right? And what happens is then, of course, um, we may uh, take the anger out on ourselves, but through substance abuse, right? Like alcohol or other substances, um, self-harm, you name it, or we Behaviors. might take it behaviors exactly yeah, yeah you know um or or we might take it out on others right um so so we we project the anger out into others even though it's you know ourselves we're really angry with so you know but but at the root of it is is not necessarily anger but you know that's more the secondary emotion because you know men haven't been taught to process that the underlying root cause or feeling 
Typically, it can be shame. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a bad person because something happened to them in childhood that make them take on someone else's point of view of who who they are. Right. Um, usually, uh, it could could have been a parent or a teacher or someone else that was uh, had a lot of influence over them at a younger age. You know, I uh, th- talking about anger. Um, I love I love what you just said because it reminded me of something I've thought of a few years ago. I've got a family member, a very close family member of mine, who who has gone through um, has anger issues, and 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 thank goodness has is on the other side of that. Uh, but someone told me when this person was in the throes of that anger, um, mm. somebody told me, "Hey, just so you know." the angrier that person is, it shows the more hurt they are down below. And, 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 and they used an analogy to me that I'll never forget. And I don't know if this is one that rings true to you or not, but it certainly did to me at the time. It was the idea that the anger is like a breastplate. Mm -hmm. It's like a a piece of armor, you know, and, and a defense, literally quite literally a defense mechanism, you know, and, but underneath that armor, and that person got me to say, Hey, imagine what's under that armor. Imagine if that skin was not just burned, but exposed. And imagine that it wasn't just exposed, but like completely like his organs are out. And, and, and it's so, it's so real and so raw and so, um, uh, so fragile that mm-hmm. that breastplate of anger is sitting over top of that because that's what it is trying to keep people from is the fragility of the organs that are there. And, and I don't know if that, if that rings true to you or not, but that was said to me and it made me, it made me um, have a, an extra gear of empathy for this person at the time, because that anger was just really, it was them trying to defend versus some real deep seated pain. Absolutely. You know, men put on, men wear a lot of armor, can wear a lot of armor, um, particularly, you know, protecting childhood wounds um, because we haven't dealt with them, right? The only way I, I've learned to deal with them myself is is to talk about them uh, so that I feel less shame. It's funny because, you know, uh, shame and I, I, who was it? Brene Brown. Oh, I'm oh, a big Brene remember. Brown guy. I was going to mention her when you said, yeah, yeah. Sh- yeah. Shame and empathy. So shame and empathy can't coexist. Right. Yeah. So the more empathy we receive, right. The less shame we'll hold on to. So, so if we have a supportive place to talk about our shame or whatever other emotion for that matter, right. Yeah. Um, the more, uh, we're, we're free, we're more free from feeling that shame all the time, right? Yeah. But because men often hold it in and don't talk about it, it then creates a, they, they then start creating this, this toxic perception of who they are. I'm a bad person. And then they start, of course, acting like what a bad person would act like, right? Mm-hmm. So they get angry and they, you know, do things or whether it's at others or at themselves and, and, and uh, do things like, drink too much alcohol or, or abuse other substance. That's sort of well, thing. well, what, what happens is they repeat that line of thinking. They repeat those behaviors that come with that. They repeat yep. those judgments that come with that, whatever they might be. Um, the more you repeat that, the more the pathways go from the conscious to the subconscious to become automatic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly we got a personality. <laughs> well, exactly. And we take on that identity. Right. And until yeah. we, and that's why awareness is so key because until we, until we separate 
who we really are from those patterns, those thought patterns we've created in the mind of all those neural pathways we've created in the mind of those identities. Yeah. We don't have a choice. It's an unconscious choice. Well, it's, it's not a choice at all, really. It's just an unconscious habit. Right. is the right word versus a conscious choice because when until we have awareness that I am not my thoughts we can't have a choice to because we can either we can either enable that part of ourselves and we can you know utilize it and project it or we can say wait a second here I do have a choice I don't have to get angry right now I I see where this is coming from this is rooted in my pain yeah ah okay that's what this is about. And I'm, and I, and, and learning to express ourselves and be vulnerable. And, you know, it's very difficult for men to, to express their vulnerabilities. Right. And that's why it's so, it's so important. And this is where I, I feel like so much healing happens. A lot of people ask me what I do and how I, 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 I don't do anything. I just, I listen. If, right. if there's anything I do, I just listen and I don't judge, you know, I, I just listen and, and provide, um, you know, two ears on the side of my head and, and allow allow men to, to express what they need to express and emote what they need to emote. And a lot of men haven't done that. And to do that in a group of men is even more powerful. And knowing that, you know, a lot of men, they don't necessarily know each other, the perfect strangers. A lot of men be like, wow, I, I never thought I would do something like this in a, in a room of people I don't even know. Uh, in some ways, the anonymity actually is better, right? Because there's there's no emotional cords tied <laughs> between any of the men, right? Well, um, but, but yeah. certainly those connections can be created as men continue to sit in, um, you know, those those shared experiences together. So having that safe, uh, non-judgmental environment for men to express themselves and to, to heal those wounds is so key and critical in, in helping evolve men's consciousness. I'm getting goosebumps all over the place from a variety of things that you're saying. Um, but, but I mean, you know, first off, that's what he changed. It exactly is like if Candace or Shannon were in the room right now, listening to what you're saying, it's like, okay, this anonymous place where men can connect with each other and they can have these moments where they can listen to each other and share with each other. The idea of, of leaving something they know and taking something they need. Um, that's the essence of what you're talking about and the, the the problem or the 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 if you want to call it a problem it's global this needs to happen on a massive massive scale and that's exactly what they're trying to do with he changed it so um i appreciate you saying what you're saying because all it's doing is solidifying exactly the mission behind he yeah absolutely and again you know more and more aware, the more awareness that that come to um you know men's issues because here's the thing is you know men experience shame just like any other human being, right? Yep. I mean, it, it might manifest differently, but it, you know, it, it's like if we're conditioned not to process it, then again, it'll turn into something toxic down the road, right? Yeah. And so it's it's helping to teach our our, our boys, uh, particularly, obviously, how to process their emotions, how to express themselves right from the younger ages, because then they grow up, think not being conditioned by this old patriarchal view of what a man should be or ought yes. to be and, and how they don't express themselves or don't emote and they hold it in and they project this stoic image of what it is to be a man, right? Yes. You know, men, men used to commune many, many, many eons ago before, you know, the industrial age and, 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 and um, capitalism and everything took foot, right? We used to work in the fields together with our boys, teaching them, uh, helping them learn to, to, to problem solve together and work together. Right, um, and I think I think men in the last hundred, two hundred years uh, since you know capitalism and, and sort of 
the industrialization of society and urbanization of society has taken over our world. Um, you know, we used to we used to have a healthier, I think. Uh, and I'm not saying it was perfect, but I think there there might have been some healthier elements of of masculinity um, back when we were more uh, in agrarian cultures, right? Yes. Um, but but what happened? I I feel I think, and I don't know if this is I, is it true? I don't. know. This is my theory and my sure. Give and, us your take. Yeah, learn yeah. experience, and that is, um, you know, we became very um, identified with uh, the ego version of what we think is masculinity because the way capitalism works <laughs> mm-hmm. and industrialization is who's ever the most competitive, right? Yep. gets gets the stick gets yep. the carrot yep so 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 what we've done over the last 100 200 years is we have created this toxic definition of masculinity through a very siloed lens right yep. of man as the men as the breadwinner Right. right. And and the, and the ones with the power and and all of that. And and it's created a very t- and, and it's done a lot of harm, not just to not just to women, but to men. Right. Like we, yes. we've seen what patriarchy has done to both genders, both sexes. And yes. And, um, it, you know, w- you know, we have to evolve from that. And so, you know, the way I envision men evolving from that, of course, is, you know, we have to have these um, these groups for men to be able to feel safe to get in touch with obviously some of the things that they're holding on to, uh, to have that non-judgmental environment um, and reconnect men to their missions and their purpose, right? And, their, and, right. and how they're fulfilled and, and how they can serve, right? Because when we support men in doing that, they're going to make a difference in their lives as well as all the lives around them, not just you know for themselves, but their family, their community, their workplace, the, the world, right? And we've seen, I think there's some recent examples and probably still some current ones of toxic masculinity uh, in leadership roles in the world um, mm-hmm. on the political level and, and how that plays out. Right. And how that impacts everyone. You know, we, we, we just we can't keep going down that road. Right. This is what's cre- this is what's going to create our destruction. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you have said in there that uh, I would love to unpack and we could have entire podcasts on just a few <laughs> of the things that you've said there. It's a sure. it's a big subject. And we knew that going into this. Um, one of the things that I'm fascinated by what you said is that, you know, I think that many times um, because we have seen even in our lives, in your life, in my life, we have seen change um, that that would have taken, you know, hundreds of years worth of, of, of evolution. And we've seen it happen in a decade or two in our lives just because of the information age and the technological yeah. age and, and all of these things. Um, I think many people when they look at um, you know the, the 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 roles of men and women and how they've changed and things like that what you said earlier was fascinating to me that you know what a couple hundred years ago it wasn't like this and I think a lot of people would look back and think oh no it's been like this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years I don't I think you're right I don't think it's thousands of years I think before the industrial revolution, people had roles. The family mm-hmm. the family unit was different. Um, the, 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 the brotherhood of well, men and women interacted with each other, how, how communities um, leaned on each other for things uh, was a yeah. completely different animal than where we're at right now. It's not a thousands of year thing. This is a fairly recent change in evolution. 
Yeah, and I'm not saying there weren't toxic elements of of you know uh, you know previous generations you know from from hundreds of years ago, a thousand years ago. But look, if you look at indigenous cultures around the world, yeah. uh, you know tribal cultures, um, you know they are uh, more e- uh, of an egalitarian based society in their structure, right? Yeah. Um, and so when you go back to that and say, well, where do, you know, where do we, and in the, I want to say in the Westernized world, I don't yep. like to use that term, but, but, you know, that's the, the best one I have right yeah. now. Um, you know, where did we go wrong? How did we deviate from this, this, that type of society, right? Those, those, those structures in place and whatnot, where, where there was definitely a more egalitarian view of the roles. Men and women did play roles in those societies, but their status was very much of equality, you know, and, and there wasn't this, you know, dominance of men over, over women, um, you know, and in the way that, in the lens that we put over it right now, exactly. In the lens that we, we put over it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I agree. I think, I think it's definitely a phenomenon that's happened, um, and, 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 uh, exponentially happened like a lot more quickly because of, you know, all of the uh, advances in our society, if you will, that that propagated um, this paradigm, uh, this toxic paradigm or whatever. So and that's why conversations like this are so important and groups um, like the ones that you have facilitated over the years are so important. Mm -hmm. And and, and it's um, we need more words, not less. And, um, you know, I'm going to get to that for sure before this is done. I got I got some questions for you, but but I got a precursor to it. Facilitating men's groups, uh, you know, when you started, when you yourself were in need and, and, and versus now, yeah. um, are there any similarities and are there anything that's like a stark contrast? And, and you know, um, the stark contrast, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to talk about men being accused now and things like that, which may not have been there 15 years ago. But um, has it changed very much? Um. The topics themselves. The, the topics. Well, yes and no. Uh, again, uh, you know, there, there's always men going through some sort of separation or or change in their life, right? Um, a lot of men that that I that I meet through uh, the group groups I facilitate now um, probably have gone through some sort of um, separation or divorce. They're having struggles um, with uh, parenting or co-parenting. Um, uh, so there's, there's those issues. Um, those ones never change, do they? Th- those no ones that. never, exactly. Yeah. Those ones never change. They're, they're always going to be there, always have, um, different stories. Um, and I want to always honor every man in sharing their story. Yeah. The elements of the story are very similar though. Gotcha. Um, you know, substance abuse obviously is, is an issue. Uh, homelessness, uh, certainly is an issue. Um, you know, and, and, um, not having uh, a secure uh, way to earn a living. Um, I think I think what the difference is now, uh, gosh, it popped in my head and now it's gone, of course. Okay. I, 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 think, I think men nowadays are recognizing more and more um, that, and this is something that I've noticed, is that um, they've also been victimized. Uh, I, I think that 20 years ago. Interesting. Yeah. Like I, I, I think the w- awareness was there. Yeah. Um, 
and and but men were a little more reluctant to talk about their own shame and their own victimization i think more and more men what i've noticed especially in the younger men um that that i've seen uh through the groups is that they're more open to expressing and talking about you know their 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 own victimization their own trauma their own shame and i think more and more i think that's changed significantly more because i think i think again with some of the older generations and if you go back 15 20 years ago like i'm a i'm a gen xer right even too, even us yeah. like we're kind of in that in between right but if you go back to the baby boomers and and further than that you know you still get that stoic version of a man and they're a lot more reluctant to share some of those you know deeper maybe more hidden um uh, you know uh, shadows if you will of yeah. of their of their life and their personality so so i think that's what i'm seeing a shift in is the openness uh, uh and the ability to communicate that um through some with some of the younger generations and and because of that i think it's also helped older men too realize hey i can share this and this happened to me and you know so there's i think there's a bit of both happening there well and it, you know the generational thing is is fascinating that's another thing that we could go and do an entire podcast on um sure. you yeah. know you know i've got i've got a couple responses to what you're saying now now before i alluded there's two things uh, two themes that have come up in most of our podcasts, the first one was awareness. We already passed that one. You just nailed the second one. Then the second one is uh, vulnerability. And, and isn't it neat that as these next generations come up, there is um, more of an ease to vulnerability because at the end of the day, if we don't become vulnerable, uh, we're not open to the idea that there's room for improvement. So it's the awareness, but then it's the vulnerability to share. That's a huge thing. So that's the other topic that's uh, come up over and over and over again is vulnerability. So I appreciate your yeah. words on that. Um, the other thing too is I'm a big uh, I'm a big comedy fan, and uh, one of the, <laughs> one of the guys I like is a guy by the name of Judd Apatow. He made a movie oh, a few yeah. years ago called Funny People. And it was it was it was interesting. And the movie is Adam Sandler and uh, and and Seth Rogen, and mm-hmm. and Adam's you know got you know twenty years on Seth I guess or whatever in this movie. And 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 they were talking about this, and they were talking about um, trauma that they carry with them as comedians. And 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 Sandler, the older, wiser comedian who had been there, said to him, "Hey, my generation is the one that that got hit by their dads. Yours is the one that got insulted by your dads." And it's, it's, it's funny how um, childhood trauma is childhood trauma and, and maybe the physical yeah. abuse or the physical things or the screaming and the yelling uh, that may not have, uh, you know, it may not be as prevalent as it was when we were growing up as Gen Xers and certainly as the baby boomers. Yeah. Um, but the millennials that are coming up, hey man, even though they haven't been hit, they still got trauma. And, and, yeah. and I think that trauma childhood trauma in itself, people think, oh, it's got to be something really, really harsh when it could, when it can really be a defining, somebody said something to you wrong at the, at that time when you, the, your, your, your life video recorder was on and it, yep. that's, that's what it was. And I think trauma itself sometimes gets misunderstood. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we can be, like you said, it doesn't have to be physical abuse. It could be uh, something someone says to us that we, you know, feel shame about and then take on that person's point of view about who we are, right? Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden we start defining ourselves through that lens 
which is not really who we are and, and, and not our true view of ourselves, um, rather that that other person's perception. So, so for instance, if, if someone kept calling you stupid when you were young or, yep. you know, whatever it was, right, um, you would take on that perception of I'm stupid, you know, I'm not good enough. Uh, and as soon as you take that on, then you're, you're, you're defining yourself through someone else's lens of who you are and, and you know, that in itself is a trauma. It might not, you might not, might have not got subjected physically to any abuse, but it's that, it's that paradigm of thought that we've caught ourselves in um, that's created the abuse. And I assume that like, again, some of the traumas might be different, but again, yep. this is where the simplicity of, of what it is that you do and, and what we at he are trying to do for people um, it's the trauma is there. It just, it may be, you know, not the same specific trauma, but that trauma is there. And, and yep. the faster that we can identify, um, uh, accept, yep. um, and then, and then explore, um, how that's affected us. That's the, that's the kind of the tunnel to living a life in color rather than black and white. Yeah. We free our, free ourselves from those boxes. Right. Yeah. So, so if we look at how are those, how are those traumas impacting our life? Like you said, in different areas, you know, how is it, how has this come up in my work life? How has this come up in my family life and really identifying all those areas that it's touched? Well, then we have an ability to transform it. Right. And we can redefine who we are um, individually and collectively as men. Right. And that's, I think so important. So that's why I think it's so critical that men um, do this work and support each other and healing because then we can redefine our roles and of course redefine the view our society's view of what it is to be a man right um you know we we are so still still to this day men you know are so often projected on as the breadwinners or you know have to have some sort of um power role in in their in their family or whatever but what if what if we changed and shifted the 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 paradigm of thinking that men too can be caretakers Yes. Men can men can volunteer in their communities. You know, I'm a soccer coach, for example. Yeah. Um, men can spend more time at home with their children, and you know, they, they we can bottle. I bet bottle fed. You know, my first child, my second child was was breastfed, but my first one, I, I bottle fed him all the time. Woke up in the middle of the night, uh, changed his diapers, all of that. What if men stayed at home more? You know, we 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 have siloed ourselves into thinking that the only way to um, define ourselves uh, as a successful man is to make a lot of money and have a job that gives us a lot of status. But what happens, and this so often happens when men lose their job, is they're kind of lost and they don't know who they are anymore. Yeah, they they lose their identity. They lose their identity because it's their only identity, or at least the very main one that they identify most with. And so when they lose that, they don't know who they are anymore and they've lost their purpose. And in the meantime, they've uh, alienated themselves from their family and, and, and even their friends potentially and coworkers because they, they all, you know, all that matters is that, is that job and that identity, right. Or, or whatever it is. So, you know, looking, allowing men a healthier version or view of themselves. So if they lose their job, you know, they, they, they see all these other areas in their life. Like right now, for example, if I, if I lost my job or, or something, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hit me as much because 
I, I mean, I like I said, I, I, I spend time volunteering in my community. Mm-hmm. I, I spend a lot of time with my younger son, who's eight, um, doing things with him and spending quality time. I do a lot of you know work around the home, those sort of things. Those things that are are, are just as important uh, uh, for a man's identity as as our primary you know job function. Or yeah, um, and I mean you know I, I, whoever you are listening to this or watching this, uh, whatever it is that you do, you are not your job. You're not exactly, you know, um, you are, you, 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 your job might be something that, that, that takes up a lot of your time might be, you know, for some, even if you're doing what you're meant to be doing, it might be part of, of leading to what your life's purpose is. Maybe if you're, if you weren't lucky enough to say that, that, that that's what you're doing, but you are not your job. You're so much more than that. And, and, uh, I really appreciate you saying that today. Um, I think there's a lot of guys who are stuck that need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because they don't know who else to be. And they've right. t- been told, you know, their whole life that, you know, we're, and, and I was taught this too, is, you know, grow up, get a job, get a yep. job. That's, that's all that was ever, nobody ever said to me, you know what, be a stay home, be a stay home dad, volunteer, be, be a soccer coach for your son's soccer team. Or, you know, be, you know, I, I went to my, you know, when my son started at this, uh, one of the elementary schools here a couple of years ago, I was the only dad at the PTA meeting. Oh, wow. So that says something right there. Yeah, it does. Um, Where are the men in our communities? Right? Yeah. And and that's a powerful thing. You just saying that is a powerful thing because there are dads who are going to listen to this and go, huh, how come I haven't been involved in that? And, and, and that's part of that. That's part of creating that awareness, right? So we can interrupt, we can cause these, have these interruptions. But if, but if we're living in that fog that we were talking about, um, that, that perpetual unawareness, you know, it's, it's, it's examples like that, that get men to think about and create these moments of awareness. Cause it's really great to say, Hey, how important awareness is, but it's kind of sometimes got to kick you in the teeth to show, um, to, 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 to create itself. Or people can listen to things like what you just said there. You know, I was the only man in my, in, in my kid's PTA, you know, yeah. and that might get somebody starting to think, oh, you know what? I wonder how many men are in my, you know, kids PTA. Why aren't I there? That kind of a thing. Yeah, and I think they're called these are the pa- questions we need to ask. And I, I imagine <laughs> that's why the groups are so powerful. Exactly. Well, I think they're actually called PAC now. I use PTA. Yeah, absolutely. US term. But, but anyways, yeah, ex- exactly <laughs> what you said. Exactly. Um, well, I appreciate that. I want to, I want to, um, I want to tell you about one of the things that he is doing. One of the things that we have decided that we're going to do is we're going to take back a phrase and, and we're young and scrappy and small right now, but, but that's going to change because of the drastic need um, of groups like what we're doing, uh, what mankind project is doing, and, and hopefully countless other groups that will rise up to, to affect this. But one of the things that he changed is doing is we're taking back the phrase man up and, and I, I think this is something that you'll appreciate, uh, Jeff, because um, I mean, man up. And I mean, we know what the stigma of man up means, right? It's basically yeah. just bury it down, take that shit, put it right down there and don't, don't talk about it. You know, keep doing what you got to do. And we're taking man up back. And, and, and what you have described um, in this podcast that is going by way too quickly, we're almost, we're almost done here. Um, and, uh, but what you have said, the, the man that you have described is a man who mans up, men who are able to admit that there's some shame that they got to work on, that are vulnerable enough to say, hey, um, you know, we need to make some changes. We need to improve some things. We need to, we're not, I'm not all right. 
Um, and, and being able to admit that that's what manning up really is. And we're taking back that phrase and we're going to that's that's what the new definition of man up is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. It means, you know, taking responsibility for our actions, being accountable for the things we say we're going to do, um, being vulnerable. Right. And being able to share our vulnerabilities um, with whoever is in our life, our, our primary partner or other you know, family relations, friends, coworkers, etc. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a healthier version of, of manning up. Right. And, and, and reaching out, knowing when to say, I need help. Yep. Right. That too is, is a healthier version of manning up as opposed to I'll do it alone. I don't need anybody's help. I'll do what I want. And, you know, I'll put on this, you know, stoic image that is completely false anyways. Um, Absolutely. That's um, what everybody's. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree with everything you're saying there. Um, I've had this theory about, about uh, vulnerability mm-hmm. and, and I think that, I think one of the reasons why we don't get vulnerable about ourselves is because one of the ways that men, in my viewpoint, again, this is, I got no training behind this. And so I'm really (laughs) curious your point of view on this. Um, I think one of the ways that we're vulnerable, I think many times men, um, we want to help. You know, if, if somebody's painting their fence and we we're seeing it happen and we see we've had an experience in our life where we can shortcut somebody, we actually have it in us to say, Hey, can I, can I, can I give you some advice? Can I help you? And it can get toxic. Like mansplaining is one of these things that's out there now that, um, you know, that, that might need to keep that, that, that muscle reflex in check, but, but we actually want to help people with this kind of stuff. And, and, um, that's being vulnerable too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we're we're natural problem solvers, right? Yeah. Um, we're we're always wanting. We're we're men are very much oriented to the action world, right? Um, we like to do things because the doing has the purpose for us, yes. right? And that's what creates the connection. Is you know, and and, and I always say that. You know, there's there's a saying I have, and that is, consciousness without action is pointless but action without consciousness is dangerous right oh there's another one man (laughs) take that one for your files i don't know uh but yeah so look like you know men naturally want to serve they naturally want to support their communities right and that's how we step up into our leadership um and i don't mean leadership as in a hierarchical way but a servant leadership right right? where we're actually there to serve the people around us in our families in our communities in our workplaces in our world right yes and and it's through that action individually and collectively that we create that um that um service of the the you know what i'm saying i, no, <laughs> I lost I my train of thought know what you're saying right. yeah and 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 where my point comes in too is that when you do that you're actually being vulnerable and and i yes. think there's a lot of guys out there who don't think they're vulnerable at all um but in actuality yes they are they just do it in a bit of a different way and all they have to do is make a little bit of a mind shift yeah. And, and, and can take the skill of being vulnerable, which they already are because they do it when they do help others, when they do help lead, when they do give advice, all of those based on their experiences, that is a, a vulnerability. And that is the road to what it takes to um, get to that place that you're talking about. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it's just that little shift instead of trying to, you know, solve the problem for somebody else, you might ask instead, you know, how can I support you with this? Yes. Right? Is there something I can support you in achieving what you're trying to achieve, right? Yes. Because that's an act of service versus telling them what you think they should do. Because in that in telling them, giving them advice, there can be some shaming and some judgment in giving that advice yes. because what they're currently doing isn't right. Right in our minds, right? Or that's yep. what they're perceiving. So, you know, how would you, you know, what does support look like for you? How can, is there something I can be of service to you for, right? Um, to me, that that truly is, you know, that's the idea of a servant leader, right? Is is, is leading from behind, if you will, and supporting- Oh man, I love that. To help um, others achieve their goals. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, we are getting close to the end here. So I want to I want to be as practical as I can with the moments that we have left. If there's guys out there that are stuck, um, that are listening to this right now or watching this um, and they're stuck and then maybe they don't even know they're stuck except or know why they're stuck rather. Uh, but they they just kind of know that they've got that itch that they can't scratch. They're kind of stuck. Yep. Um, what's the first thing that you would you would kind of say to them uh in the in the form of 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 a technique or advice something that they could do for figuring out what that itch is well i i don't ever offer advice okay but i would invite men to to seek the resources out in their local communities okay if they're truly struggling if they're if they're whether they're, they're struggling and they need support um, with those challenges and they want to connect with other men's, uh, other men or men's groups in their area, seek the resources out in your local community. I know the Mankind Project is an international community of men. Yep. Uh, I even go to mkp.org and you can probably find, you know, a local chapter in your area, whether you're in US, Canada, Australia, Europe, a lot of different areas of the world. Um, I think that that would be the big thing is to, to seek the resources. Um, and even if you're not, and you know, you point pointed out earlier is a lot of men wait till there's a crisis to happen to get support. Even if you're not struggling, but you want to uh, get in touch with your purpose or your mission, and you want to, you know, build those tools and skills so that as you move through your life, whether you're younger and older, because we're always on a life continuum and a journey, you know, to tap into those groups and those resources so that you can build those tools, utilize those tools for good in this world, right? So that you can create the life you want to create and that you want to manifest, not just for yourselves, but those around you. Um, that is a phenomenal answer. And I just appreciate that point of view so, so much. Um, we're, we're out of time. And I told you it would go by fast. It did. Um, but, I'm, I'm uh, shocked, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a lot of meat on this bone. Um, and and I, I would love to continue and to have more conversations like this. Will you be on the podcast again? Yeah, absolutely. I'll just wait for an invitation. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. And as the uh, features in He start to be built out more, we'll provide opportunities that maybe you could, uh, you know, if, if people want to come and do a Q&A or things like that, we would uh, we would more than, more than be uh, excited to have you there, Jeff. I just want to say thank you for being a beacon of light for guys out there for so long. Um, not just for guys, because, you, you know, obviously you've got a heart for this and these are the groups you've facilitated, but I mean, you've worked with all sorts of different people from all sorts of different walks of life. And, and um, I believe you have found your life's purpose. And I just want to say thank you very much for, uh, um, for exercising that purpose the way that you have. 
Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. Uh, my pleasure is all mine. I'm always here to support uh, men in any way I can, and and also grow the collective consciousness uh, around you know men's men's challenges and struggles and, and experiences, and uh, you know whatever I can do to advance the evolutionary thinking around that, I, I'm always supportive of. Well, we live in unprecedented times and we need an unprecedented amount of everything that you just said. So thank you for doing that. And uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much. Um, that's it. That's another episode of, of HeCast. Um, you know, it's it's so fun to watch this thing grow organically right from the start. Um, this little this little germ of an idea um, that my wife had and, 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 and started bringing others in on three years ago and to see where it is now and, and where it's going and what's going to happen with it. If you haven't downloaded the He Changed It app yet, go check it out. It's in both the iOS and the Android stores. Thank you very much for being a, uh, uh, if you're a subscriber to, to HeCast, thank you for that. If this is your first episode, hey, why don't you subscribe? Why don't you share it out? We got lots of good content um, meant to stretch the imagination and the thinking of, of men and men's issues out there. Um, this has been another episode of HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. My name is Mike Chisholm. Go change something. <laughs>